0: Welcome to another episode of the Believe in the Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Bo Smolka, joined by my co-host, former Ravens tight end Daniel Wilcox. And training camp is grinding on and roster cuts are looming. The team has one more preseason game at home against Washington Saturday night. And then the big cutdown happens. The team must cut their roster from 80 to 53 next Tuesday, August the 30th. Now this week the Ravens did make a few roster cuts they were required to drop down to 80 players from 85 and on Tuesday the Ravens cut offensive tackle Jared Jones Smith inside linebacker Diego Fago wide receiver Jalen Moore wide receiver Bailey Gaither and wide receiver Slade Bolden who was uh, waived with an injury designation. And they also moved Gus Edwards to the pup list for the regular season, which means he will be out four games. Diego Fago was one from Navy who had a lot of sentimental uh, fans here in Baltimore, Navy being just down the road. But he was not able to gain traction at the inside linebacker position relative to a few other undrafted inside linebackers. But this becomes the big issue. Now, the Ravens have to cut from 80 to 53 And each year, it seems there's a little bit of roster gymnastics that happens with this cutdown, And by that, I mean, if the Ravens want to put someone injured reserve, but have that player available later in the season, they have to be on the initial 53-man roster. Anyone placed on injured reserve before the 53-man roster is by rule out for the entire season. So what the Ravens will sometimes do is they'll go to a a veteran and they'll say, hey, you know what? We're going to cut you. But we're going to bring you back in a couple of days. We just need your roster spot for a a player that's going to be placed on injured reserve. You do that with a veteran because anyone who is not a vested veteran is exposed to waivers once they're cut. And a, a vested veteran is not exposed to waivers. So for example, they did exactly that last year with Anthony Levine. He was one of the top special teams players on the team for years and he was cut, but he was cut because they wanted to put Rashad Bateman on injured reserve, on short-term injured reserve. So Levine is cut, Bateman goes to injured reserve two days later, and Levine is re-signed. I'm sure Levine, who wanted to be here, was on board with the plan, and I think that might happen again this year. We will see. But we have to get down to 53 players, and Daniel Wilcox, former Ravens tight end, let's face it, you told me before, you lived your life in the NFL on the Roster Bubble. It's a place that <laughs> most fans are not familiar with. We talk about the bubble, and we talk about the, the numbers, and but these are real people with real jobs and real dreams to play in the NFL. You've been cut before. This last week of training camp for the guys on the Roster Bubble, what's going through their mind with one game left to play? Do they still think they have a chance to make the team?
1: If you're still there, you got a freaking chance. You know, every day at practice, every day that you play, every every rep is a game rep. You got to treat it like that. You got to treat it as such, right? You know. So it, until they make that final cut, Bo, you got a shot. That's how you thinking. I never. I think as a as a young rookie, I never even thought about the how like the numbers. Like, who are they going to keep? How many are they going to keep in each position? I never even thought about it. It never crossed my mind. I knew that it was only going to be 53 guys they was going to keep. I never even looked at the depth chart and wanted to even know. It was too scary for me to even want to fathom, trying to break down where I fit in. I just wanted to go out here and prepare every day to be the best version of me that I could possibly be and just pray to God that me was good enough.
0: You're coming into training camp. You mentioned you had hurt your calf before you got to training camp. Take me through that roller coaster ride yeah. of being hurt, getting healthy, being hurt, getting healthy, getting cut.
1: Okay, so Bo, this is what happened to me. My as a rookie, you know, I go to the Jets as an undrafted free agent. I get to New York. I ball out in all the OTAs and mini camps and stuff like that. I Had a great freaking OTA mini camps um, segment as a rookie. From that point on, we get the break between mini camps and training camp. I go home. I train. I'm working out with my high school coach, my head coach, Coach Freddie Jones. And I give him my off-season, you know, sheet from the Jets. I'm doing exactly what the Jets tell me to do. They want me to run, like, I think 400s or something like that. And I'm running these six or seven 400s we're running. I'm running around the football field here in Decatur, Georgia. And on my my second to last one, I'm coming around the end, and I feel this pop in my calf. And I'm like, oh, that don't feel right. You know, so I kind of rest a little bit, you know, took the desired time that was requested by the team to take in between reps. And then I, um, I run the next one. When I try to run the next one, I limp the entire thing. Like, I'm limping, I'm limping, I'm limping. I get back around. I was like, all right, I, I'm done. I shut it down. I got to be at training camp in like a week, week and a half. I'm not going to even risk, you know, trying to go to training camp. hurt, Not knowing what it was at the time. I, I rest up, you know, a week and a half, two weeks later, I get to New York. It's my first day of training camp. And we're going through drills. We're in helmets and jerseys and shorts. And I'm running. I look great, bo. I'm in great shape. My legs all popping, muscles everywhere, right? So I'm r- I'm running all around, I, and I feel this pop again, same exact pop. And I can't walk. I'm limping now, and just feel worse than it was the first time. I go see the trainers. The trainers tell me I got a partially torn calf. I'm out for like three to four weeks at least. You know, at least you know. So I'm like, man, that's all of training camp. Like, there's no way. I'm freaking out. I couldn't run on it. I couldn't do anything on it. Um, I remember Herman Edwards coming up to me you know, like day two of the injury, and, you know, he was like, hey, Wilcox, how you feeling? I was like, Coach, I I, I feel like crap right now. I mean, I was really looking to make this team, and I, wanted, I was looking forward to training camp, and here I am hurt already day two. I'm not knowing how cutthroat the NFL is, so I'm just being honest. Like, man, I, I don't know if I can go or when I can go. And he tells me, he put his hands on my shoulder, looks me in my eyes, and he's like, hey, man, if you do half of the stuff that you did out of pads, I mean, in pads that you did out of pads, you're going to make this team hands down just get better. No problem. I was like, thanks, coach. And I walk away from it feeling pretty good, you know, smiling a little bit like, damn, my head coach just came with me. You knew me by name, you know, told me I'm, I'm good, you know. And they cut me the same night. Bo, when they cut me, Bo, I, I mean, I was so heartbroken, bro. I I, I went back to the dorm. It was at on Hofstra University at the time, just in Hempstead, Long Island. Mm-hmm. So I go back to the dorm room, pack up all my stuff. I had just bought a brand new Harley Davidson F-150. New truck, no job, right? So I pack up the back of the truck, load everything up, pull the tunnel cover down, jump on the road, hit the New Jersey turnpike. And before I was out of New Jersey good, I called my mom on the phone. And as soon as I heard her voice, she was like, hey, baby. She didn't know what was going on, of course. I said, ma, I just got cut. She was like, what? And she was, there was this break of silence. And as soon as she was like, baby, it's going to be okay. As soon as she said it was going to be okay, bro, I started bawling, crying, snot running out down my nose. I'm driving this freaking truck down the turnpike going 70 miles per hour. And I can barely even see Like so many tears in my eyes. I'm freaking out. Like, I'm thinking like, my it's over. It's over. I'm thinking like it's over before I even got started. I didn't even get a chance to put the pads on yet to go out here and really show these guys like how real Wilcox was as, as NFL football player. And I'm thinking it's all over. I drive literally 15 hours at night, straight all the way to Atlanta. Didn't get to Atlanta until the next morning, like 9 a.m. And I didn't, I don't think I moved off my mom's couch for the next three three weeks. And one of my friends came and got me out of the out of, um out of the house finally. He was like, bro, I can't let you just sit up in the house like this, being depressed. Let's go play some hoops. We we go shoot basketball. Man, bo, I'm telling you, it was like nothing never happened. It was like I had this, like God just said, Boom, you okay, son? Go play. And, and I go out and I play basketball and I'm catching alley-oops from half court. I'm dunking on everybody. It's nothing wrong with my calf. It's like, it was a freak incident. I, I, I as soon as I get back home, I call my position coach. My position coach was mad. Like when they cut me. So, you know, he really was upset. I thought he was going to cry. It's like, I know this dude ain't finna cry right now too. You know, he was heartbroken that, you know, cause I had such great mini camp and OTAs man. So he was really banking on me being a part of that team. So I called him. His name was Phil Petty. When I called coach Petty, he said, Hold on one second. He hung up the phone. He just hung up the phone. He said, hold on. He just hung up the phone. <laughs> he called me back like 30 minutes later. I didn't know if that was a good thing or bad thing, but he called me back like 30 minutes later. He was like, pack a bag for like a week, Um, head to the airport. I'm like, all right, coach. He was like, just get your bag. Get to the airport. I'll send you all the information. Like on my way to the airport, he called me again, take, you know, give me all the information for the flight. I jump on a flight, fly back to New York, and they take me through a quick workout for like five minutes. I mean, literally five minutes, like literally punch the bag, you know, sprint five yards, you're good to go. Gave me back my jersey, gave me back my helmet. Cut the guy they brought in to replace me. Put me back in my locker. These are those put together lockers in the middle of in the middle of the locker room at the time. And next thing you know, man, I'm, I'm a New York Jack. We I only had time to practice for one week, and we played Philly the last preseason game of the year that year. I remember going to Philly to play at Philly against McNabb and company. And I was just in awe that we in Philly playing. This is my first time going into the stadium playing a real game, right? NFL game. And I only get a chance to do it once. And I made the team off that one game. It's crazy.
0: It seems that maybe 45 or so jobs are already set in stone when training even starts. But then that last final eight or so, maybe 10, are, are up for grabs. Oh, it's a number five receiver or it's a ninth offensive mm-hmm. lineman or whatever it might be. that There are, there are jobs that are one and and to your point, in your last game, you basically won a job in the last preseason game and ended up on an eight-year NFL career, or whatever it was. And Michael Pe- Wink Martindale, the former Ravens defensive coordinator, has often said that Michael Pierce won a job with the Ravens off his performance in the last preseason game at New Orleans when 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 Pierce was an undrafted rookie. As you said, I mean, I get you're on the team until you're not, and right. you ha- you always have a chance until until the cutdown happens. Fifty three players will make it. Like I said, fans sit here and they they try to build the Mach 53-man roster and they think about a guy cut. And I think sometimes it's just an abstract thought to people that, oh, those guys are cut and these guys are not. But these are people who have all they've probably ever wanted to do in their entire lives was be an NFL football player. And at some point they're told, you're not good enough. And I think that would be a bracing thing for anybody in whatever line of work you have Absolutely. to do that and be told you're just not good enough. And I know it's harsh and the NFL is a harsh business.
1: It is, man. I mean, just, just think now, like, let's say you, you're in broadcasting, right? You're, you're a reporter. So let's say that. All right. You knew you wanted to be a reporter. The first time you turned on ABC and saw ABC it's like, Oh my God, that's a cool job. I want to do that job. I want to be that guy. Right. So from five six seven years old you wanted to be a reporter you go to school to be a broadcaster and you go you go you get your communications degree in broadcasting and do whatever you got to do you graduate with your bachelor's you may even go back and get your master's at it whatever whatever you got to do you get your very first job and and you actually get the job you're there you're in the you're in the building you're doing what you got to do and they literally fire you within the first two or three months of you getting the job i've prepared my entire life for this opportunity. I finally get this opportunity and the very first job, real job, the job, they're actually going to pay me some money for the first time I get. They fire me within the first three months. And it's only 32. It's only 31 other positions that you can get, you know, in around the league, you know, in that in that same job, you know, in broadcasting or or, or television or whatever it is that you decide you want to do. And nobody's calling you right away.
0: It's tricky with this roster, but I want to ask you again, because you brought it up earlier, Daniel Wilcox, as this last week before cuts, the players aren't sitting around thinking about, oh, who's going to make it? Who's not going to make it? Does that happen?
1: They absolutely sit around and think like that. I mean, I I was only speaking for me when I said that earlier. Like, I was so, I guess, naive or green or whatever. When I first got in the NFL, I was coming out of Appalachian State. I really didn't know how this thing really, really, truly worked. I knew about the 53-man roster. But I was so naive to how that entire process worked. Now that I've been in the player personnel department, I've worked with with those guys, George T's and George Cokanus, and set up there with Eric De and Isaac Newsom at the table. I see how this stuff works now. you know, it's totally different, but there was there was definitely older guys. It was definitely veteran guys. even when I got older in the league, i've had I've been that guy where they put where they cut you and you not you know you don't have you don't have to hit waivers and stuff like that. And that's basically giving me a couple days vacation. You know, it's like, all right, cool. I get a vacation for a couple days. I don't have to do nothing. I don't have to come to the complex. I don't have to worry about waking up on time. I don't have to worry about being late for any meetings or anything. And y'all going to sign me back and I still get my pay. Oh, please. No problem. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let those guys go to work for a couple of days and give me a couple days off. Thank you. You know, but absolutely, man, you sit around and. You try to figure this thing out. You watch practice throughout training camp, just like the scouts, just like everybody else. You go to those meetings. You get cursed out when you mess up. You watch other guys get cursed out and be like, whew, glad that wasn't me. And, you know, so you 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 put these things together in your mind. Like, who they going to keep? All right, in the tight end room, all right, it's me, Heap, it's Darnell Dinkins, it's Terry Jones, it's, you know what I'm saying? You sit down and you think about it, bro. Like, we all of us are pretty daggone good. Like, who they going to keep? Who they going to get rid of, boy? And you sitting there like, biting your nails like hey boy i got a family to feed you right now you know it's different when you're single it's different when you don't have kids and responsibilities and you don't you know all you got to worry about is you you know but as soon as you get married man and as soon as you start having kids mm-hmm. it's so much bigger than you so much bigger than you i retired because i had a kid i retired because i had a wife you know, if I didn't have a wife and, and kids at that time, Bo, I would probably play right through the injury, right through the pain, right through the, the the doctors telling me if I don't retire, I won't be able to walk later. Man, please, who cares? What I got to walk for? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: when you were player personnel, were you ever in the room? Were you ever involved in the roster cut down on that end of it? Did you like sit in the room and put red line through guys?
1: Bo, I had to go get the guys and bring them in there to get cut. They made me the turp.
0: For those of you not familiar, the Turk is the name given to that member of the organization. Usually it's someone in the player personnel department who is assigned the unenviable task of going to summon players to see the head coach on final cutdown day. Coach wants to see you bring your playbook and that pretty much signals the end of the line for a player and they all know it. So tell me, Daniel Wilcox, what was it like being the Turk for the
1: Ravens? man it wasn't it really wasn't cool well let me let me tell you my experience first like I'm, I'm in baltimore and i'm in the player personnel department every day you know the way you get to learn the players on the roster is they put you in the locker room and you have to do weigh ins right before every practice weigh ins weigh outs so i'm sitting down in the locker room with the players every day it's a couple guys i already knew that still knew me because, you know, Sam Cook still, he was still there, you know what I'm saying, Flacco, you know, stuff like that, guys you played with, they still hanging around, Marsha Yonder was mm-hmm. still there. So when I walk in the locker room, it's like, Will Cox, you know, it's like that love from those guys. Then, of course, I knew Orlando Brown's zoo son when he was 10, 12, 13, mm-hmm. you know. Now he's in the NFL wearing his dad's jersey, you know. It's, it was crazy. So that gave me instant in with like Lamar and other guys, you know, in instant rapport with all the all the key guys in the locker room. They okay, he he was a form player. Will Call used playing play and they kind of talked amongst the, each other and they say, hey man, who was that guy sitting in the locker room? And they'll tell you, you know what I'm saying? So I, I kind of got this rapport with the players throughout the year where I'm end up talking to them and I'm end up telling them stuff. And, you know, I'm like that inside guy, you know, I'm like the guy behind the scenes that I never had when I played. Right. So it's like, bro, we watched film on you today, man. Keep doing your thing. You know, I'm, I'm kind of putting it in their ear, like, bro, keep doing your thing. I, I like what I see. You know, we, we saw you, we, every, we, we all see you, you know, just kind of plugging guys like, Hey man, keep doing what you're doing. You know, you, you, you're going, you're going to be all right. You know? So, you build this trust with the guys and they come in to talk to you about life. And they come to talk to you about football and they come to talk to you about finances. They talking to you about every freaking thing. Right. Cause I always been in that mentorship role, you know? So by the time we get down and have to start making cuts, Bo, they asked me to be the on Turk. So I have gained these guys trust and now I'm coming to get them to tell them that they you know no the co- to get your playbook. Come, let's go see the coach. You know, and it', it, it like it, it's, it's such a then. Now all the guys look at you like, really, man? You that guy? It's such a bad feeling when you're sitting down at the table with 18 scouts, player personnel, head of guys, the GM, you know, the, the owner of the team, and you're going down and you're ranking these guys from the number one guy to the 53 guy. Like you're sitting there now, you like, oh, that's how I ended up on the bubble those years. That's how I, you know, they they're not ranking me just against the tight ends. They ranking me against the entire team, you know. So it's it's one of those things where you and you when you think about a 53 man roster, you think there's gonna be 25 offensive guys, 25 defensive guys, and there's gonna be three skill guys like kicker, punter, snapper, right? Those three guys automatically got a spot. So you take the three off, and it's just 50 guys you got to think about. So from those 50 guys, you're trying to be number one. You're trying to be in that top 10 at least so you can have some kind of, you know, stability, security, job security, and you ain't got to pack your family up and move every day. But every time I have to go down to get somebody, Bo, to bring him upstairs to see that coach, I guarantee you, man, that guy has to pack his bags. He has to call his wife. He has to call his kids. He has to call his mom. You know, he has to change zip codes, area codes. You know, the whole nine yards. If he's already got a house or apartment, he got to put it up for sale. He got to, you know, he got to break a lease. You know, there's there's so many factors that come into it that people don't ever really think about. And a lot of times when you're breaking that lease, you're getting you're getting penalized. You can't sell the house right away. You know, it's all these things, man, that could really set you back in life, you know, and it's never, ever, ever a good feeling. And your dreams are being crushed and you just got fired. That's basically when you get cut. Getting cut is the nice word. Really, in actuality, you just got fired.
0: Yeah, you just got fired. It's true. So it it's a, does it happen exactly that way? We always talk about like, hey, grab your playbook. Coach wants to see you. It happens exactly like that.
1: Yeah, I I never did it that way because that's how it happened to me. You know. Um. So when I when I gave me the opportunity to do it, you know, I wanted to, to do it with some kind of grace. So I I would just go in. I would make sure it was me and the guy one on one. I was like, hey, let me let me see you as soon as you finish doing whatever you're doing right quick. And they would come. They would come over right away. I was like, hey, we got to go upstairs. And I was just kind of whispering in his ear, like, we got to go upstairs to see the coach. Hey, this ain't the end of the world, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is just the beginning of, of you. You know, you've got game feel. I, I will always express, like, you got game feel the whole time you was here. That game feel was important. You know, you put some good things on tape. You know, you're going to get a chance. Somebody else going to snatch you up real quick. You know, but unfortunately, this didn't work out here. But I'm telling you, I was in the same situation. I would have this story on the way up, you know, almost every single time. Like, you know, I really want you to take this well because I didn't take it well my first time, you know, when it happened to me the first time, I really thought it was over, you know, so I wanted him to understand like this shit happened to me 10 times, you know, I still made it nine, 10 years in this league. So, you know, stay focused, stay on your grind, be ready.
0: So the cut down to the 53 man roster takes place next week, Tuesday, August 30th. The team must be down to 53 players. And there will be a few, Injury moves there, uh, but a lot of people will simply be cut, and it's harsh, and many of them will be back as practice squad players a couple days later. Some may be signed away by other teams to their 53-man rosters and get their NFL shot that way, but it will be a newsworthy day for sure as this 53-man roster is set. And then next week, we'll be back with another show looking at this 53-man roster. And we'll start to look ahead to week one against the New York Jets, where the opposing quarterback could be Joe Flacco. And that would be some story if Flacco faces the Baltimore Ravens in the season opener. For Daniel Wilcox, this is Bo Smolka. Thanks for tuning in this week. And we'll be back with another show next week on the Believe in the Ravens podcast on the Believe Network.